sure those airlock doors are secure. Yeah, we don't want to revisit movie night or anything like that. Welcome back to Podcast Night on Gargantua 1, and happy Halloween, Venturoos! I'm your host, Grimia, and Colin, what the hell are you smiling at? Rock said I'm the man of the podcast while he's gone. Oh, so you think you're a big man now? Uh, no, 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 sir? You think you can take on your old dad, huh? I knew this day would come on. Come on, big man, take your best shot. What, what do you mean, Pop? Oh, I hope you're proud of yourself, Colin. You've upset the cat. Uh, Anyways, today's episode was Home Insecurity. Yes, it was. Home Insecurity originally aired August 21st and was directed by Public and written by Hammer. It was the seventh episode produced, but it aired third. Um, And if you look at the fan wiki, they have the production code numbers. That's that's all that means. well, I mean, we're not at a point in the series where it's, like, serialized, so it doesn't really matter? It could have happened for any number of reasons. They just produced it seventh and decided it fit better third. Production order also doesn't always indicate, like, the planned release with shows. With some, it does. Um, but, like, for example, let's say uh, someone from Careers in Science that they also planned to use in this episode uh, wasn't going to be in 4, 5, 6, but they're like, oh, we'll just do 7 because they're already here. In some of the DVD versions, it does air them in production order. Interesting. I've noticed on the subreddit, people have asked, why are the episodes of season whatever out of order on the DVD? But HBO has them in the air order. Kind of a weird thing, but it happens to a lot of shows. There's some shows on Disney Plus just that air completely and bafflingly out of order. X-Men, the animated series, chief among them. I noticed that with uh, the original DuckTales. If you have the original DVDs, this commentary track for Home Insecurity isn't actually on the DVD. It was cut due to space. Do the other episodes have commentary tracks, though? Oh, yeah. Okay, so this one just does not. This is this is so old that Jackson Public posted on his live journal oh, that there wouldn't be a commentary track for this episode and you could download it separately, which I believe you can still download it. Wow. For the next episode, I will let you know if it's on the complete collection that they re-release. There's a lot going on on this episode, but also at the same time, it feels like nothing happens. Yeah, well, I, I think it's like, because it all takes place in like a day. Yeah. Right, so it's not, there's not a lot of space and time for things to happen, but there's a lot of talking. And it kind of shows you some of like the guild bureaucracy, even though we haven't officially seen or heard about the guild yet. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about it because you've mentioned it and um, actually talked about it. Thanks, Michael Trapp. <sighs> Gosh. When mo- the monarch and underbite meet for the first time, they first have to, like, fight to the death for a f- hot second. 
Yeah, ceremonially attempt yeah. make an attempt on each other's lives. Classic bureaucracy and red tape. Which is hilarious. This is the first official mention, in the air order anyways, of the Office of Secret Intelligence, which Brock is a part of. There are more or less the good guys. Everybody knows about the OSI, even though it has secret in the name. I guess everybody knows about the CIA. Right. I like how, how those two dudes at the military checkpoint fangirled over Brock, like, instantly. Everybody fangirls over Brock. Like, in the, in the pilot... Do. The one guy was like, that's Brock Samson. That's Brock Samson. Tibbs on his cigarette butt. The blonde one knew that it was a shaved Sasquatch. Yeah. That's Steve Summers in a wig made out of shaved Sasquatch. I, I do like how they're like, we're going to introduce the $6 million man. And also, he is fucking a Sasquatch. We don't officially know they're fucking a Sasquatch. But, like... Oh, they are. They, they live in the woods, you know, together alone. It's uh, it was an it was a choice. I liked it. We get to f- see Underland for the first time. I loved Underland. It was hilarious. Girl Hitler, like okay. I've always liked cat cops. I like. I appreciate the tiger bomb joke and the tiger ball. Like he gives them the tiger bomb, and it's. I could see it coming. They're like tiger bomb. I'm like tiger bomb. Tiger bomb. Oh, tiger bomb. Yeah, I was like, I can, I, I can see this coming, and I was just waiting for it, and then it happened, and I was happy. The monarch and Baron Underbite, they're like on two totally different arching levels. I don't remember the Monarch's original arch level. The show gets into this later, but every superhero has an arch level, so the guild assigns them appropriately leveled supervillains. Okay. And based off of how I, how good you are at a, being a villain and your assets, like, Underbite has an entire fucking country, so I feel like that would put him at a much higher level than the Monarch, who just has a cocoon. Yeah. Ba- Baron Underbite also, like, looks like a supervillain, whereas the monarch just looks like a guy. A guy in a costume with crazy good eyebrows. Not just any costume, a butterfly costume. They're both kind of bumbling idiots in this, though. Like, I know they're not trying to kill each other, but... The monarch most successfully kills, like, vaporizes. I don't know what happened to those guys, but they're just gone. I, I, I actually do have a note about the episode. I checked the wiki for confirmation, but I did notice this myself, so I feel like it's not betraying my status as the virgin eyes. The boys in this episode, Hank and Dean, uh, their pajamas are themed after Aquaman and Spider-Man, respectively. Yes, that it was on purpose. No, I, I, I saw that, but I I just wanted to make a note of that in case that wasn't in your notes. As a comic book fan, that's something I noticed. Public and Hammer made the joke that them working together was like the long-awaited team-up of Spider-Man and Aquaman. The art book didn't have a whole... They talked about... Like they talk about each episode in the book. 
kind of like the behind the scenes sort of thing. There wasn't a whole lot mm-hmm. about. It was just kind of about Underbite. He's very obviously a Doctor Doom parody. Like they even said that in Dia de los Dangerous, Monarch calls him a dime store Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Doc Hammer has a his own comic book parody. He's one of my favorite characters. Nice. Uh, Underbite was supposed to be more evil, more sinister. That's how they wanted him to go. But then he's just kind of... He looks evil and sinister, but he's... A little goofy boy. Yeah, he's just a little goofy. Most of the references in this one I've always kind of understood. So I'm just gonna... um, I guess I'm just gonna pick my favorite for this episode. In Dr. No, the first James Bond film... Um, the titular Dr. No tries to kill Sean Connery with a spider. The monarch and Underbite both try with a tarantula and scorpion. Uh-huh. I uh, I said this during our, our I don't know, like our green room or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. I expected, just given the tone of the show, the scorpion and tarantula released onto Rusty were going to bone. This did not happen, but I expected it to. It could have happened. Right? Like, that wouldn't have been like, oh, wow, this is weird and out of left field. It'd be like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really have much else. To, I Okay, uh, just my stray observations, I guess. I did really like uh, Helper making his little bindle and just, just leaving. Oh, He's just so ready to give up because Rusty's replacing him. That's great. I I love Helper. I've said it before and I'm going to continue to say it. This is another time for Helper to shine. And he's so fucking petty. And so dramatic. Just like running away screaming with the Gardo blueprints. And then when he comes to save... Uh, Rusty, he doesn't let him out of the panic room. He just keeps closing the door. Yeah. I'm liking the show. I'm continuing to like the show as we go on. Um, <clears throat> it's slow going, and I think that's very weird for me. Because I'm like, I feel like I should watch another episode and get into this. But I'm like, I can't. Legal reasons. The rule, the self-imposed rules. The rules. Jorgen von Strangle has shown up with a book. No, it's it's a good show so far, though. I like it. It is hard not to keep watching it. Yeah, well, because, like, what I always have in those shows is, like, the first few episodes, I'm kind of, like, I, I'm i sort of not super into it. I'm kind of half-watching, right? Um, and then eventually, I, I will, I'll, like, click into it and be like, all right, I'm into it now. I'm, like, locked in. And because I'm not binging this show, I feel like it's going to take a little longer for me to really, like, click and lock in. I did say in Discord, which we have a Discord, by the way. If we you, do have a Discord. Uh, the link will be in the show notes and or YouTube description. Yeah, I think a lot of, like, iconic Venture Brothers episodes happen in Season 3. A lot of the, a lot of the deep mythos that... Discord members Steve pointed out happened later as well. It is a good Discord uh, and it's better when I remember to show up. I haven't been in there in weeks. I have the notifications turned on so I'm there. 
I, uh, once I retired from streaming, I kind of just, like, retired from being on the internet for a while. I just didn't want to be in the public eye anymore, other than, like, the few, like, shows I do. That's fair. Like, be on the panel. And this. And, uh, Clockwork Chronicles. Yeah, there'll be an, a new episode of Clockwork Chronicles a couple days after this episode is released. And I'm playing a, a sweet Russian boy. It is live, and it is a Tales from the Loop game. I can put down the Twitch channel it will be on in the show notes as well. If you're interested in seeing Colin on the live show, yeah, I'm on the not live show. Which which system does your group use? We're using Masks, which is uh, powered by the Apocalypse. It's by Mad Magpie okay. Games. So it's a cute little superhero game. Yeah. Uh, were you yet? Yeah, we're using the Tales from the Loop system, which is a, a D6 influence system. It's really fun. It's pretty easy to pick up. It's super beginner friendly because, like, yeah, you're just rolling a handful of D6s, which means that rather than having to remember all these different, like, little stat points and everything, you can focus a lot more on your role playing, which is favorable for me as the token straight the theater, theater kid. kid. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Well, I have found your plans for another token straight theater kid, so I'm gonna pack up a bindle and leave. Bye. Okay, well, Colin's leaving. Um, I'm I'm just gonna let him go. Uh it'll be fine. That concludes us this week for home insecurity, and we will see you in two weeks for the incredible Mr. Brisby. And since it is Halloween this Saturday, November 4th, if you are in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, you can find me at the Grand Rapids Comic Con. And at 7 p.m., I will be doing a panel on the Venture Brothers where we're pretty much going to talk about Scare Bear. All of the slides I made are pretty much about Scare Bear. I'm going to... I'm going to... Uh, I don't think this replacement theater kid is actually working out. I'm, I'm going to have to go get Colin back because... This other one keeps pounding on my door. That's a little concerning. Uh, Colin? Colin, do you want to come back, maybe? I didn't mean to replace you. Yes, apologies first. I am sorry. You feel bad about being replaced. Not fair enough. You can stay in the panic room. <laughs> Bye, everyone!